everybody. Welcome to another episode of What's Brewing here on Black and Gold Productions Network, brought to you in part by FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash Boston. I highly recommend it. Get used to it now when hockey season's around. Practice with baseball. Go to FanDuel.com slash Boston. Get all the rewards and everything. But Mike, welcome back. You missed last week. Hopefully you're, you're doing all right. And yes, uh, we already got some comments popping in, Mark, fashionably late as usual. Listen, we've already interrupted Mike's dinner, so <laughs> we, we've got to be wary of that. But we've got, ooh, the Dominator is watching, and Jared brought, brings in I Want Davis. As he ooh. mentioned, we have a great guest joining us. I'm not going to hesitate to bring him on. Chris Davis himself co-host with you on Dropping the Mitts. Yes, sir. Going on. How are you today, Chris? Good, good. Can you hear me? I got your audio. All right. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, boys. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Had to had to bring you on after a nice little interview you guys had with Mr. Billy Jaffe over there. Oh man, dude's a legend. Oh my god, man. He's he's just unreal guy. Super humble guy. Just had some hilarious stories for us even before and after the interview. Just. Just a normal guy. Like, he just loved talking hockey, and it was an awesome first interview for us. I mean, Hon- we were both – yeah. Honestly, the something I didn't know about Billy, too, is that he's so involved in youth hockey. Hearing, hearing yeah. him talk about his involvement in, the in you know, youth hockey around Mass is, was awesome. It was awesome insight. Um, hearing his thoughts on how to coach younger kids – and you know how to deal with their energy and their attitudes and stuff it was awesome yeah i had seen like on instagram and stuff like the vast majority of his stories and stuff are related to youth hockey um so i wanted to make sure to get that in there i know it's something he's super passionate about and yeah he definitely he brought some some good perspective and was an unreal guest like i said hey, mm-hmm. it, was, it was an awesome awesome interview so if you guys haven't had a chance to check it out i would uh, Chris, I'll let you plug the show because it is your show with Mike. But uh, where can they find it? Yeah, so you can find the Drop the Mitts Hockey Podcast both on Spotify and um, Apple Podcasts. Um, it's episode three with, with Billy Jaffe. So, yeah, if you guys could drop a uh, five-star rating if you guys enjoy it. Um, it. Like I said, it was an awesome interview and a um, lot of perspective, a lot of hockey talk. So definitely, definitely want to go check that out. And we've got our own list of stuff that we can go over today we actually have mike last time you weren't here but we've had five signings since the last episode of our show mark mclaughlin ian mitchell alex regula riley walsh and michael dipietro all have signed very low i think perfect deals i I don't know what your thoughts are on them but uh i want to go around the horn i mean it just general housekeeping is the best way to put it. Minimal deals, guys who can fight for a spot, but not really expecting too much from them. Thoughts? I'll start with you, Mike. Yeah. So, so all these guys that just got signed, um, obviously the the majority of those players are going to be in Providence. Um, it's more depth signing than anything else. It's security for the season. It's awesome. You know, these guys deserve spots. They deserve that pay. Um, they deserve to be playing too. So you have them as options if, you know, this season <laughs> trends towards disaster. But, but at least at least you have them. Um, McLaughlin I'm high on. But 
keep an eye on Providence. Providence is going to have a very good team this year. Yeah, and as Jared points out, they're all league minimum deals. So, you know, they're, they're worked a little bit, you know, one way or two way salaries, all that stuff. But they're all NHL league minimum when they hit the salary cap. Chris, what are your thoughts on, on these deals? And do you see any of them really pushing of the ones that we mentioned for a spot this year? Yeah, I mean, the two that jump out to me are obviously McLaughlin. And then I also think um, Walsh could make a push, um, the defenseman that they brought in. Um, I'm really high, like Mikey said, on McLaughlin. Um, I think he's a he's a kid that can compete for some bottom six minutes. Um and I, like I said, I'm really high on him. I think he's going to get some time up both in Providence and in Boston. And then uh, Riley Walsh, I, I think he's going to get some time up in Boston as well. Um, but I like all these signings. I mean, like like Mikey said, again, they're depth signings. They're all players that can compete for minutes. And um, I think they're going to really help this team. Yeah, and Jared commenting here, Riley Walsh, if given a real shot, can be a great NHL defender, was stuck in the minors because of Jersey situation on the back end. I mean, that, that really was a solid, you know, I mean, think about it. You basically traded Kincaid for Robbie Walsh, up and coming right shot defenseman where you really needed some help. Maybe it doesn't turn into anything, but Keith Kincaid wasn't giving you more than the one game anyway, so it was still a solid, solid deal. Um, oh, wait a minute. Uh, yeah, what, what is I, this? Apparently, <laughs> I think it's Dominator. Denominator. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. Let's see. Jason says Providence is going to be to watch. I think Anthony Richard might surprise some people. That yeah, would be I a agree. name that would be some surprise for me, but I, I hear good things about him. So, you know, I mean, right now, nothing really would surprise me from, from down in Providence. Um, let's see. Mark looking forward to Providence this upcoming season. Actually, follow uh, Mark. He's got a great interview that he'll be doing with goaltender Brandon Bussey for the Providence Hockey Journal report. I think I got the name right, Mark. Put it in the comments so I can make sure I plug it right. But I, I, that sounds right. Uh, that'll be a, a hell of an interview. So, Mark, very excited for you for that. But, um, you know, I was going to say when we were talking about McLaughlin, at least in my opinion, I'm curious on your guys' thoughts. I think McLaughlin is the guy who's most directly affected based on whether or not Bergeron makes it back or not. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if Bergeron doesn't come back, I mean, that's a whole can of worms that we can open up at some point. But if if that center spot opens up, then McLaughlin definitely has a uh, has a spot open up on the roster for him. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I th- he's he's the next man up at that point, right? Like, he's, he's their next – he's the most NHL-ready center that they have down in Providence, in my opinion, right now. So he would be, like I said, the next man up. Um, and I, I think he would do fine on that you know, on that fourth line, even if you plugged him in with a player like Coyle, um, I think he could do really well in a role like that as well on the wing. Yes, Mike. But I was going to say, let me ask you guys a question. So if you had to choose between McLaughlin and Beecher on that fourth line starter spot, who do you lean towards? Right now? Right now. Right now for me, it's McLaughlin. I was going to yeah. say, it has to be McLaughlin, right? Yeah, I – I just would – I'd like to see Beecher get some more reps at center. Yeah. Um, Mark said Beecher. Interesting. Okay. Why, Mark? Why? That I, I'm interested in. Because McLaughlin has the experience at the NHL. He's played with the, with Boston before. Um, he's older. He's played more reps in Providence. I, I would personally go McLaughlin. But I'm interested to hear what Mark says. 
the yeah. other question I have when it comes to McLaughlin too is how much is he going to be affected based on what happens with Trent Frederick? Because also true. Right now, I mean, Frederick is set to hit arbitration. Swayman's set to hit arbitration. Uh, and and Mark and I, we, we were talking about it with Baked Bear uh, on yesterday's episode of the B&G um, hockey podcast that um, – you know, uh, Swayman is going to arbitration. I found out the comp that I was looking for, Mark. Uh, I was using Philip Gustafson in Minnesota because their number is almost identical. Problem is, is Gustafson's arbitration date is August 4th. So it comes after Swayman. So you can't use that. You set the market for him, unfortunately. So, and I was looking at it before we came on. The, uh, the alternatives to Swayman and goal. Yikes. Have you seen yeah. what's out there? Yeah. Nothing good. <laughs> nothing good. Real quick. Got it. Got to get it in here. Abby. Fuck the Leafs. We get fuck one per episode minimum. So we got to yes. point it out. <laughs> yes. Respect. But I, I, was, <laughs> I was able to plug it. Correct. Providence hockey report from Mark there. Uh, let's see. Dominic Tiano says, did anyone see the hockey news prospect rankings for the Bruins today? Apparently Boston traded Jason Stadnika for Jonathan Mirenberg and Matt Poitras will be in the AHL this season. Oh boy. J- Jason Stadnika. Oh my God. Interesting. I wonder if he was better than Jack. Definitely. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> no disrespect, but like probably. Uh, yeah. Hockey news is so trash nowadays. Yeah. I, yeah. Mark's buddy's working there. Dom, are, are you saying, simply saying this simply because his arbitration comes after? Because that was what I was trying to find out for yesterday, and I found it out for today. But I feel like they are very, very similar when it comes to goals against, safe percentage, game started, all those types of things. So it, it's a reasonable comp. So I'm curious as to what um, what what your thought is on that there. Jared said might be an unpopular take, but if Frederick wants 2.8 million trade him, he's not worth it. He's just not so many players that can play this game without paying that much. We will I, come back to this. Cause I, I was going to say, Mike's a, reaction. Yeah, that's... I just, we'll go back to it, but just for, a, for like a preface, I disagree with that. I'm, I just want to pull up Jason's comments. Sam Sonoff is hearing is on Friday. So that might give you an idea about Swayman that that's a good option too, as well. Um, the otter is closest for comp. Yeah, the problem is, is the market when Ottinger got his deal was way different than what it is right now. And I get it; they sign with the players, but the market does dictate value. That's the thing. And so, I, I, I'm not saying he's going to get cheaped out on, but I, I have a, I have a scenario that I was playing around with cap friendly at work and whatnot. Uh training does that to you <laughs> but i have swayman coming in right around 2.85 for one year just for one I, I think that's a solid bridge just again you can structure it however you want whether it's a signing bonus or whatever and that's more for for freddie i have freddie coming in right around 3.1 yeah i'm thinking around the same thing i have for frederick how many years did you say chris for frederick i have him at two AAV a 3.125. I think you can play around with that a little bit, get him some money up front, satisfy him a little bit with cash and, and just spread the AAV out a little bit. But again, I'm not thrilled to go that high, 
but on a two-year deal, I'm a little bit more okay with it. Especially with the cap expected to jump up next year. I was more around maybe like 2.8, 2.9, maybe three. But it's tough because what kind of player would you, what, we've seen two different Fredericks under Cassidy. We saw the agitator Frederick who was more pushed towards fighting and hitting and agitating. And then you see the Frederick under Montgomery, who's more towards production offensive production and defensive responsibility. So it's like, what, what Frederick are you getting? Most likely the offensive producing Frederick. I feel like it has to do with who his line mates are. That's yeah. true too. That's yeah, true you know, too. Chris says that. And for me, he's playing on it. He was playing on a third line with Taylor Hall and Charlie Coyle. That's just like not normal. No. <laughs> like, again, does he put up, that amount of goals playing with any other two line mates. I highly doubt it the way that he plays. I highly doubt it. I can't, I can't imagine a scenario where he's worth over three mil. That's what I'm I'm on the same boat. And like Jared said, even 2.8 is kind of high for me. Yeah. Jared wanted to clarify. Yeah. Yeah. And, and even that is kind is high for me. I don't know. It's, it's such a hard, and I saw actually in the, in the comments as well, um, Abby talking about the Tanner Janot situation. Yeah, I think yeah, I think that honestly is going to play a role, like not a huge role, but they're very similar players. Um, so I, I don't know, man. I just can't. I don't feel comfortable signing a player like him for over two point eight and getting into that three range. I just, yep. you know, his line mates played a huge role in his production last year, and and. So obviously those lines are going to be significantly different this year. Yeah, yeah. I completely agree. And, and I think some of that has to do with, again, as we keep bringing up, the Bergeron decision. Because if Bergeron's not here, I mean, isn't Coyle your de facto first-line center? Or would it be Zaka? Either way, do you want Frederick on that line with Coyle <laughs> at that point? Because it's going to be one of your top six lines, your top you know, two lines. No, at that point, you're not a playoff team. You're a team that's in the middle of a complete retool and a rebuild. You you can't have Frederick in your top six. But if you have Bergeron, Zaka, Coyle, now can you slide Frederick in next to Coyle again and see if you can build off of last year? Yes. Now is he becoming more of a $3 million player at that point? Yes, that that would make more sense. Yeah, Uh, I, I think I'd feel a little more comfortable with that. But like you said, if he's sliding into that top six, then I think we get some serious issues. <laughs> we have some problems. <laughs> yeah, so I, get some problems. I don't want to start the Swayman Carter Hart comparisons in any way, shape, or form right now. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see. My big thing was everyone had career years this season. The likelihood that Frederick gets those goals and points again is slim. How is that worth three million? I don't know. I you think that's you think that the um the odds are slim with him matching that so, point production this year? Well, here's the other thing with Freddie is he can play the left, the right, and down the middle. Is he amazing down the middle? No, but there's something to be said with the versatility. And right. if he can play across your bottom six, there's value in that. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's just how much. I, I envision, so I envision, like, I just saw a comment, JVR, Coyle, Frederick. JVR is yep. a big body, man, that's going to just sit his ass in front of the net. And at that point, I could maybe see Frederick hitting his point total. 
like I could see it. I I think that's a line that could cause some issues with JVR replacing uh, all. So I don't know. Like I I could maybe see it happening. Um, just the the like I said, the three million. I I just couldn't can't justify that for a player like him. <laughs> At least yeah, we didn't trade yeah. four picks for Freddie. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> no, but it's someone point out we spent the first rounder on him. Well, yeah, I guess that's all right. Uh, see. <laughs> Jared said it about you know the argument could be that because the lightning paid so much to get him they had to gravitate towards Jano's number or else they'd be left at empty handed I, I do think the fact that they traded so much to get him does give his camp a little bit more leeway to be like well he gave up a haul just to get him so that means you like him enough to pay him something but I mean the, uh, he's same and he's going to be sitting on a third line there too Oh yeah, it's just crazy. So I, well, I and and here's the thing is I told you I played around with it a little bit at work. I have Bergeron back. I have Frederick signed, and I have Swayman signed. So and I still got about five hundred grand to play with. Yeah. So yeah, it, it became a little interesting naturally. Uh, basically, what I did was I put everybody on the big club. And I was like, all right, who can we eliminate? Uh, basically say we'll probably not make it um you know kind of first round of cuts you know what i mean and and i really do think guys like obviously you know hall kuntar beecher merkulov Poitra, harrison like a, a, as excited as we are for them they still need to be in providence for for one more season i don't see them all beating out some of these veteran guys you know, Anthony Richards, same thing. Toporowski, I think he may push for that first man up from Providence. But, you know, and then on the right side, you know, Brown, Manga, Magna, and Lysel. Um, I also put AJ Greer down as well. I don't see him pushing as much for a spot as he, based off of what we saw last year, he could come in and blow doors off. I don't know. What do you guys think about AJ Greer? I don't know. Do you? I think if AJ Greer is on your third line, that's an issue. I don't think he's a third line player. Fourth line, I have no problem with. I think he's a good fourth line guy. Maybe around like, I don't know, fifty to sixty games a season. Have him interchange with some other guys in your, you know, in your depth chart. Third line, I want to see Jacob Lauko. Now, so, I I know he's got that two way. So that's the only thing. He could be a Real paper quick, transaction. I got to yep. point out Mark's comment. Yep. JVR, Coyle, Frederick, third line. That's what I have. Yes, that would be disgusting. I do not want JVR on the second line. If JVR is on your second line, I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that could that could become an issue. So Poitras going back to juniors. Yes, I, I know. I there's That's not an option on cap friendly, Mark. I, I know. <laughs> Tell me, so so who's your second line left wing right now? I have Boquist there. I think they're going to pair him with Pasta and Zaka. Okay. That could work. That could work. Now, does this mean this is the lines that we'll see come January? No. I, I, I think this is what we may see coming out of camp, just to yep. kind of see what they can get things going with. Um, so that my second line would be Zaka, Pasternak, and Boquist. Because okay. I do think he has a little bit more skill than was being shown in New Jersey. What if Boakvist doesn't work? Then what's your option? That's when you run with 
guys like, you know, moving Lauko up, moving Van Riemsdyk up and, and that sort of thing. That is what, you know, but that's also when you start to mix in and see, can a guy like Merkulov come up and do something? You know, that's where you, you see what you saw in camp and go, what else might fit? Yeah. I think, I think that's where this team is going to run into issues. I think that second line wing spot on the left side. Now the other option, and and Chris, I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Would you ever consider moving Jake DeBrusque back there? I don't know. So my thought is Jim Montgomery has no problem messing with the lines and combinations and whatnot. So I think that won't be a problem. I think he's going to try everything. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see JVR in the second line left wing. Um, like, I, it just wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, I think he's a veteran who's had success in this league, and um, I could just I could see it. To get and, to your question, are you saying would DeBrusque where? Uh, two two left wing. Two, I don't left wing. to to start the season. I think they're going to roll with the Martian Bergeron DeBrusque. I think that's what they're going to roll with. Moving him back. I think I, he's on consistency. My and I and I've talked about this with Mikey too, and it's kind of a similar situation to um, Frederick that we just talked about. Does DeBrusque have that same success if he's not playing with two potential Hall of Famers? That's I've brought that up multiple times, gotten mixed reactions. Like obviously, like oh he's putting up those. I I just can't see it. Like I, I know how frustrated he got with um, Cassidy. When he got bumped down, and again, yeah, he scored all these goals playing with Marshan and Bergeron. I just can't see him having that same success. We lost Mike. Not, um, not playing with those two. He hate, he hated Mike my left take. to go get food. Yeah, he hated my take. <laughs> Apparently. Um, no, the, the thing, I and I know exactly what you're talking about with the brusque. The only asterisk I would put next to that, though, is he was being moved up and down from the third line left wing not the second line left wing. He was being moved left side, right side, all over. He was behind Taylor Hall, not taking that Taylor Hall spot, which just a very, a little bit different in the mindset. Um, But I do want to bring up Abby's question here. She said, where do I place geeky in my lineup? I have him at four C, but I also have him basically replacing everything. Thomas Noshik did for you, you know, penalty killer, um, you know, all those, all those types of things, you know, just probably getting about 14, 15 minutes a night, maybe fighting for a little bit more, you know, um, Jared's comment here, AJ Greer should be 13th forward on a decent team. The way I have it lined up, Lucic is your 13th forward. Greer would be your 14th. But then he's also down in a mix with the guys like uh, Merkulov, McLaughlin, Toporowski, you know, all, you know, those uh, Merkulov, those guys down in Providence, he now has to fight for 14th spot. Yeah, I I think with a player like Greer, um, especially the later you get in the season come playoff time, um, he's a player based that you that you put in based on matchups. Um, I'd want to put him in in more like against a more physical team, obviously. Um, he's just got that bite to to his game. Um, and then I wanted to go back, actually. I think I saw Mark's comment. Was it this one like, here? Russ just stay exactly uh, where he is? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I wanted to build off that. And, like, you don't want to fix what's not broken. Does that make sense? Like, 
we know that line can put up numbers. Like, there's no reason to break that line up, um, especially at the beginning, like, once the season starts. They should at least keep that line, like, if Bergeron stays, which hopefully, you know. And and, and that's like the I thing said, that Jared brings up here. If Bergeron doesn't come back, how do you feel about Marsha and Coyle DeBrusque? I'd want to keep DeBrusque with Marsha in. I mean, they already have that chemistry playing together. Like Mark said, they – DeBrusque drove that line. I, I'd want to keep Marchand and uh, DeBrusque together. Absolutely. Uh, we got Mikey back. What's up, boys? Uh, what's no, up, it's what's brewing, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, Jared just agrees with both of us. So, Mike, you didn't miss anything. Jared agrees with us. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> uh, Jason says, I agree with DeBrusque, but I can score, but he can score 20 on the second line. <sighs> Let's see. Yeah, Jared makes this point. Marsha and Coyle DeBrusque was pretty good in the playoffs. It was. I just don't Listen. know if it can hold up over 82, but it, it, the whole point is is DeBrusque is the one who's driving that line. Then, yeah, that line will be just fine. Do you guys see Coyle as a second or third line center, ideally? Yes. Dude, I, he thrives in that 3C role. Like That's again, what I'm seen. saying. Like, but I don't. Unfortunately, I don't see this Bruins team as having that luxury if Bergeron doesn't come back. Like it's just if it's, if Bergeron doesn't come back, Chris, yes. I think they're screwed. <laughs> I, I really do. I really, really do. Yeah. No, I completely. Agree. Is this like directed said, to me, Chris, or, or or him, Chris, Jared? Well, yeah, we need, <laughs> we need we need nicknames. Calling me out? <laughs> we need <laughs> nicknames. Uh, I, I will also pull up Abby's comment here. You have to you have to have that feeling. No matter what, Lucic is going to be on your opening right night roster. He's going to be on the opening lineup. That's what yeah. I was going to say. Ber- right. go, you got to go Bergeron, Lucic, and freaking Marshawn. I was going to say flip Marshawn to the right side. That, that that'll be, and then. I mean, your defensive pair at that point will have to be McAvoy Grizzly. Like, it, just something to throw something out there that's good. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, Beth says, without without Bergeron, the first line will struggle. Without Bergeron, we don't have a first line. Without yeah. Bergeron, we have a 2A, a 2B, and a 3 line, and then our fourth line. Like, that's how much he affects things. Now, that being said, we don't have to have much more than league minimum to, to sign him because we can do another bonus overage deal. And with the cap going up again next year, you know, even if it's another 4.5, yeah, it would suck. But you know what? If it gets Bergeron back on the team, you fucking do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of want your guys' thoughts, like, thinking about Bergeron and how, like, his leadership and how – just his persona, how he is. Don't you think he would have announced to the team like way earlier in the offseason to give them significantly more time to prepare? Like, I don't know. It's just, it's a thought that ran through my mind. He, I just can't see a person of his stature, the way that he is, how much he cares about this team, that he would not give this team, this organization, as much time as possible to prepare. I think immediately after the season was over, he would have said that he was done to like and, and, said, to give the team that time to prepare. And, and not even immediately after, but like even like a couple weeks, maybe a month, like right, right. something. It, I just, I can't imagine the fact that we're getting this like closer and closer to the season and just nothing. And, and we think, haven't heard anything. Well, do you, do you think there's a chance that he comes back 
more towards like December because I've seen that spread no. online. I don't think so either. I think no, if it, he comes back, he's here game one. Yeah, me too. Now, Dom has a good question here. We'll we'll just touch on it real quick because then I want to bring up something that he posted the other day. Does Lucic <laughs> get the loudest ovation on opening night, or is it the stick boy? I mean, are they the same person? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I uh, think Dom, for sure. And, and, and now he's sure. posting it again. I will bet everything I own, Berkey will be back. Yeah. I With do the, tweet, I would the other day, Bergeron's been working out in Boston heavily. Credit Dominic Tiano here in the stream as well. I, I just, you know, everybody's mentioned that they've talked to Bergeron. Um, I think Dom also pointed out it was, what, August 8th last year when he signed. So, like, I'm not yeah. even going to worry for another two weeks. Like, get Swayman done. Get Frederick done. Figure those hurdles out first. Like, literally, as long as you have 850K available, you can get Bergeron. Yep. So, yep. don't even worry. I, and honestly, if you need to cut a guy like AJ Greer and, and wave him and risk losing him for nothing to get under the cap compliancy, just so you can have Bergeron on the team, I, I don't care. <laughs> and, and, and it's not like you can't replace Greer anyways with guys you already have in-house. So, right. Uh, let's see. Jason does say though, if you put Martian and Pasta together, you got a first line no matter who you who the center uh, is. Uh, and, and that kind of is followed up with Jared's comment here. Coyle can be a, a second line center if needed. Maybe you switch the first and second line, first and center lines around. It, one thing that we have to remember is the team themselves don't look at it as lines one, two, three, and four. Right. They look at it as the Bergeron line the coil line, like, and then they go out and they play their style of game. And, and Bergeron, it's based on matchups. Right. And Bergeron, Marshy and DeBrusque do not play the same way as, you know, coil DeBrusque and Marshan do. Doesn't mean they're not both successful ways. They just play different. Right. Coil is not Patrice Bergeron. Nobody is. No. Yeah. You, no, nothing will so, come close. So let me ask you guys a question. Um, with Bergeron back and the team as it is, say they find a way to sign Swayman, they find a way to sign Frederick. Where do you guys see this team finishing in the division at your at, at your best estimations? If they have Bergeron, Swayman, and Frederick, yes. I'm gonna let Chris go first. Uh, pressure's on baby pressure's on, on. I, need to, I gotta look at these teams because it's well, like uh that's well that's the thing because you look at this division buffalo is taking a giant leap forward in my opinion you still got tampa you still got florida you still got toronto ottawa's no sleeper either the only team that stinks is montreal that's it uh they're gonna be healthy this year the thing though is is that's i would still pencil them in for a top three finish in the division Really? Who yes. do you think gets that wild card spot then? Probably Buffalo. Okay, that's, yeah. all right, that's, I, fair. I, that's fair. I'll put it this way too. I can also see Tampa finishing out of the top three. Interesting. Really? Wow. Yes. Really? Yes, because one Why? of the biggest things that they've proven not to have right now is depth. Okay. Somebody right, gets hurt and they're throwing in an unknown. They're trying to put a square peg in a round hole. And, and, and I'm not saying they can't figure it out. They won't be good. I'm just saying I can see them finishing outside the top three. To your point, other teams in the division are getting better. Right. You know, yeah. 
So they're going to be a tough team no matter what. And then, as Jared points out, Florida's not going to be the same team next year either. They've got long, lingering injuries to Ekblad and to Montour. Their defense is going to be shit and shot for the first, like, month and a half of the season. So they're going to have an uphill battle going all year. It really depends on how a team like Ottawa clicks with Corpusalo in net. It depends on how a team like Buffalo clicks coming out of the gate because that's a strong, strong young team. And if they catch fire in the beginning, they're going to start gaining confidence. And that's a team, they are a team that if things click correctly, they could win the division. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. A lot of things have to go right. I'm not saying Buffalo wins the division. I'm just saying they have the talent on their roster to do it. I think it depends on Devin Levi. I think if he's cooking and if he is firing on all cylinders, you don't have to worry about their offense. They already got Tuck, Thompson, Skinner, um, freaking Jack Quinn, JJ Paterka, Dylan Cousins. back from his injury, though. Still, but then you look at the back end, Powers, Darlene, can't forget about Connor Clifton. Of course. <laughs> they're, mention him. they're a legit team. And let's they are a legit team. On the back end of Eric Johnson from Colorado. Right. And talk about being sponsored by FanDuel. <laughs> Put all your money on Buffalo early in the season. I think they're going to be underdogs in the, in the early season. Bet on them. They are yeah. a good team. Good, good hockey team. They're going to be underdogs in a lot of their games, and they're going to be warranted to get a lot of a lot of your action on FanDuel. Um, yeah. And Jared says, on paper, Toronto wins the division. What do you guys think? I agree. I, with that. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I only only issue with them is goaltending. I got to see what they end up It always is. And right. right now, let's not forget, right now, they are $8.8 million over the cap. I think if what is it on the on the uh, LTIR is it Muzzin and then who else? There's another it guy. Would have to be Matt Murray for four point six, and Muzzin, who's at five point six. They but so, the problem is is they have to prove that Matt Murray is eligible for LTIR for the duration of the season. Yep, yep, and that's where they're going to run into an issue. So if if that's the case and they can't clear that money, who goes? Nylander. That's what I think too. That's what and, I think too. And that's going to affect him this year as well. Yep. Um, and then Jared says the, the loss of Ross Colton for Tampa, that's going to be huge. Tampa finishing third or fourth. I, I could actually see fifth or sixth. I saw oh, he really? just signed a deal too. I think What's he that? got four. I think Ross Colton just signed a deal too. Four for four mil. Yeah. Uh, four, right before like four arbitration. Four, yeah. 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 It was 4.4. 4, 4, 4, 4. Yeah. Uh, I think on the money. Uh, Dom yep. has a comment here. I can't believe no one saw Bergeron working out. Uh, he got the photo from national media with a new kid at home. He ain't working out for fun. Hmm. Yeah. He's got a point. How uh, about the? Uh, sorry, no, you go, Chris. No, sorry. you go ahead, Mike. Real quick. I was gonna say, how about the people freaking out with Marshawn wearing the A in the photo shoot? It's like, come oh, on, my God. come on. Yeah. <laughs> well, there there were people that thought it was a C. I know, I know, I know. I, know. I was Speaking like, speaking of wait. the letters, though. Abby said, I know we've had conversation about the captaincy after Bergeron. Who do you think will be the next captain? Who so that's, they, is that directed at Chris? I think it's directed to, to, to Chris over here. But <laughs> I think okay. let's go around the horn. Who's the yeah. next person after Bergeron to wear the letter C on their jersey? 
for me, it's an easy pick. Uh, it's Charlie McAvoy. Chris, um, I'm. Do you want to yeah. go? You go. You go. Explain no, I, no. If you got a, if you got a point, yeah. I, it's not. You know, it's not hard for me. I mean, that's my pick. It, it always has been. Um, I just, like I said, he's the next captain of this team. Mark says Carlo. Mike, who is your answer? I can see Carlo. Uh, I don't think I don't think they go with Carlo though. I can see why you say that. Um, you know, he's a player up for the team. Um, obviously respected in the locker room, but I'm with Chris on this. The Bruins naturally have always gone with defensemen as their captain. McAvoy is the future of this team. He's a future superstar of this team. Um Maybe you go with Marshawn for a year or two until he retires, but then I, McAvoy is your future captain, like without a doubt in my mind. Yeah, you got to think if Marshawn's going to want to take that role on. Um, right. I'm not sure. I mean, I guess we'd have to wait and see. But, Chris, who, who's your pick? For me, it really does depend on when this happens. Because if right. it happens this year or next year, I think – at least while Marshan's around, I think you're going to see a rotation of A's for a little while. I think what they're going to do is they're going to withhold the C from a guy like McAvoy and see if he can earn it. And there, you know what I mean? Like they would have, once Marshan's gone, your four A's would be Carlo McAvoy, Pasternak and Coyle or DeBrusque, depending on where things stand with him. You know, I think those are the four guys that you're looking at, but you know, and, and Don brings up a, a point. Yeah, he brings up a really you know, good point. As long as Carlo is their player rep, he won't be captain. A conflict of interest. Interesting. Um, yeah. Is that a? I'm I'm curious to know if that's a rule that the captain can't be the player rep. If it is, then and McAvoy all the way would be wearing the C. But at the same time, Carlo does make a lot of sense. So. That type of thing. Oh, and uh, Jared says, let's be real here. Derek Forbort should be the captain. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, and Abby was talking about Tampa. Tampa lost two of their fourth liners and Ross Colton from the third line. But remember, according to Tampa, they go for a cup as long as they have Stamkos, Kucherov, Hedman, and Vasilevsky. The problem is, is you can't keep giving up everything they're giving up and still remain competitive. It you cannot mathematically you will not hit on that many undrafted restricted uh, undrafted free agents. You just won't. Now you're gonna yeah. find some diamonds in the rough. You will. So but, Chris, sorry, sorry to cut you off. No, go ahead. So you said you could see Tampa finishing fourth or fifth in the division. Yes, absolutely. Why? Because Boston's better. Toronto's better. Um, Buffalo's better. I think Ottawa's going to surprise a lot of people this year. You think? You so? think Boston I, I, on paper is better than Tampa? That's Bay. what I was. That's what I was going to say. Boston on paper is much deeper than Tampa Bay. I don't think so. They have a lot of unproven players right now in their bottom six and below. Their bottom six, I will agree with. Their bottom six is worse than the Bruins, but their top six, I think, is much better. You're talking about four guys. Right, five, five. Braden, you're talking about Point, Kucherov, Stamkos, Hedman, and Vasilevsky. Anthony Sorelli. Sorelli's not Hagel. Sorelli's a bit overrated. Hagel. 
Brandon Hagel's good. But again, you know. they're complementary pieces. Would I, I, Cinderella I, 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 be as good as he is if he was playing for somebody else? Chris, would you would you rather have Hagel or Frederick? Hagel. 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 Coil or Sorelli? Coil. I'd rather have Coil. I, okay, I would too. And then yeah. who was the Chris? Who was the Chris number two? <laughs> who was the Who's left that? wing? That's you, David. Okay. Yeah. Who was the left wing on their third line? On who? Tampa. On Tampa. Yeah, it was Kalorn. Okay. But well, he's, he's gone. gone. He signed that freaking massive deal, dude. I yeah. think he got like 6.25 or something. Okay, so maybe it's more comparable than I initially thought. I don't know. I See, I Tampa, know. Tampa for me is finishing top three in that debate. That, I still think so, Look, too. I, not, don't plus, forget. I'm yeah, not don't saying forget, they can't do it. Don't forget they still have a top three goalie in the league. Right, who's played year more in year than out. anybody else in the last five years and is starting to show getting worn out. But he just got an uh, a regular summer break too than what he was used to and the past three years. He still doesn't have a number two behind him. He doesn't. That's true. And we just looked at the goaltending about twenty five minutes ago, and that goaltending market blows. How about this? How about this? Can we can we agree with maybe three, four, and five in the division? Is kind of up for grabs. Oh, for sure. That's yeah. my whole point. Okay. That's okay. Point. I I think I don't think you're going to see a team run away with the division like we've like we saw Boston last year. You know, yeah. I mean, you got to keep in mind too. Last year, the expectations for Boston were to tread water, barely make the playoffs. Right. So, right. so Mikey, you, know, you said that the three, four, five are up in the air. Who are your one and two? Is it is you it know, Buffalo and Toronto? You no, but you as as I said that though, I was yeah, thinking I was like, wait a minute. I, no, I was thinking like shit, two might be up. honestly one through five might be up for grabs. We say Toronto on paper is you know penciled in for that number one spot, but this division is so good, dude. One through five is unpredictable, honestly. It really, really is. And a- Abby's asking, what do you oh, think? Oh, yeah, Detroit. Detroit. Fuck. Well, the, Detroit is an interesting piece. They're they're the team that is just doing their own thing and is going to knock somebody else off the track without even realizing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it, it, it. But they're still a good team. They're they're going to be a hard W on your schedule, and right. they're they're talented. It's just as a as a franchise, you sit there and you go, "What are you doing?" When it comes to their their free agent signings. But at the same time, on paper, you're going to look at them every night and be like, you know, they could win this game. Didn't didn't they sign Justin Hall for like three point five million, something they like did. that? They, that's they that's that's ridiculous. Thirty one years old, and Shane yeah. Goss's bear. They have Goss. How did I miss that? They have Goss's bear. Yeah, they went out and got Goss's bear. I missed that. Okay. I mean, he's not the same I'm player. Talk nice about Detroit or Grace will come out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, I don't agree with most of those signings, but you got to remember they got like Yamamoto for a bag of pucks. Yeah. They just brought in Debrinket. I, I could, like Chris said, I could see them being a being a tough, tough matchup. Um, They're going to be a team to look at every night and see what the spread yeah. is because. It's one of those ones where they're going to beat teams and make you go, how the fuck did that happen? And then they're going to lose to teams and you'd be like, yep, saw that one coming a mile away. 
Yeah. <laughs> Chris, to, to, looks like Dom, do both wild cards I come from the Atlantic? And I, yes, I think they, without a question, come from the Atlantic. Hey, guys, time out. I'm sorry. I just got a text. Uh-oh. They said, they said, this is better than WEEI. So, hey, we just going to keep going and keep rolling. There we go. <laughs> Unlike them, we actually talk about Bruins hockey. Shout out to, shout out to Stewie Downer. Shout out to Stewie Downer. But um, Jason had this question, not Boston related, but where does Tarasenko end up? Jason with or Jared with his thoughts up in Ottawa. I, fuck. If he ends up in Ottawa, goddamn, every team in this freaking division. And like you mentioned, Chris, um, Nosek. I'm going to start calling you guys by your last names because this That's is starting right. to get confusing. Yeah. Uh, Nosek, like you said, um, even Montreal, they're going to be fully healthy. Every single team in this division is up. They could fight for a playoff playoff caliber. Yes. And, and I think honestly, because of that, you could see the Atlantic division all being around the same and fighting for that wild card spot right until the end. Like Florida did this year. Like you could see every team in this division being over 500 for sure. Yeah. Montreal so, isn't getting a top pick next year again. No, so no chance. I, can promise you I, that. Wa- I want Mike's question, Mike's answer to Dom's question here. Do both wild cards come out of the Atlantic? Yes, a hundred percent. Yes, unless unless uh, the Metro. You got Carolina. I'm gonna go no, I'm going to say I'm still going to say yes. I think Carolina, the Rangers, and then the I'm going to go. Oh, Jersey too. Shit, and I'm Maybe, also. Gonna- I'm going to Columbus. throw Columbus in there. Yes, Columbus too. So maybe not. Maybe not. Oh, my God. Oh, my I don't God. Think Colum- I don't think Columbus is there yet. Like, I love I do. love that Fantilli fell to them. I love that. I still don't think they're there. I, I think, think so. I'm forgetting one big thing, Chris. They get Zach Warensky back. Yes, yes. I And that's I, – I get that, but I, I just – I can't see it. I, I don't know. I like I, I said, I still firmly believe that both wild card spots are going to come from the Atlantic. I think I, I truly that, believe that. I think Columbus takes that last wild card spot, and there's gonna. Damn it! Actually, I don't. I don't know. There's so many good teams in the East. I have no idea. I like Abby's question though. Is New Jersey winning the Metro over the Canes? Yes. 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 No. Really. And it's going to come down to goaltending. That's the fair. Devils are still going to be trying to figure out their goaltending during the season. They're going to figure it out on the fly. I think Jersey has a better playoff run, but I think okay. in the regular season, I think Carolina is going to hold their own. I think they're going to come out flying, trying to prove a point, and they're going to come out and probably separate themselves. That that is something I can see happening, but. It you know p- teams are gonna fall far enough behind them, kind of like teams did against Boston, where they're just like, "Fuck it, we're not gonna catch them," so we're just playing for second. You don't think Schmied is a is a starting goaltender in this league? I I think he is. The problem is, is they don't they don't believe in him enough yet, and so I I think they're gonna do enough to get in their own way. Do you think Hellebuck is still out of the question for them? I think so. Uh, right now, I think so. What about Gibson? Gibson's a wild card factor. I don't see him. The money. It's all about the money. 
we got to have the Carlson deal fall through first. Yeah, that's the other thing too. I heard I heard Pittsburgh and um Carolina. Carolina, thank you. And I've I've heard Toronto in there too. There's nah. I've I, I I don't know how credible it is, but there I've heard because Toronto's still absolutely nowhere with Willie Nylander. So Nylander involved in the deal to get Carlson, that's half the money right there. Maybe. If the, if they deal Nylander, then yes. Oh, God I'm damn all, it. I'm all freaking scatterbrained with this. Have we Me talked too. about Tarasenko <laughs> yet? Yeah. <laughs> Tarasenko to the Canes, right? No, to Ottawa. Ottawa, that's who it was. Yeah, yeah. That's Ottawa. where he's likely to end up. You think so? <laughs> Don has a good point. Ducks are seven million under the floor. Can you imagine if they trade Gibson? See, I think one of the that's cards fair. that they're holding on to is they're a team that can benefit from a William Carl, an Eric Carlson trade. Well, you saw they just, like I said before, they signed uh, Kalorn to that massive deal. I think he's making like over, I want to say like 6.2 or something, which is ridiculous for his, his caliber or his type of, you know, the type of player that he is. Yeah, and no. I know they have a And couple, at his age. And I know they have a couple um, RFAs that aren't signed. A couple big names out there, too. Yep. So... Yeah, Jared, that's a separate problem. And we've already uh, we've already accounted for the fact that they can get under that eight mil. They have five point six to work with with um with uh what's his name going on L- uh, Muzzin, I think it was going on LTIR. But there's ways to make that work because now again, if you include a team like Anaheim, as Tom pointed out, seven million under the cap. It, there's, there's a deal to be made between San Jose, Anaheim, and Toronto, where Toronto can dump some of that money to Anaheim, and they can get Eric Carlson. It's possible. It's tough, but possible. And that's why it's the first one. There will be retained money on Carlson plus a third team as well. Absolutely. There has to be. It has to um, be. And Troy, uh, Troy Terry is one of the RFAs that's not signed by, um, hey, by Anaheim. Anaheim. No. Talk yeah, he's unsigned. Zegris is unsigned, and uh, Drysdale's unsigned. Ooh, I didn't know that. But talk about can Terry play left wing? Um, he's a righty, I think. Right? I think he's on the right side only. Uh, all right. Well, then maybe you sign Terry, and you have a second line of Zaka, Terry, DeBrusque, and then Pasta, Bergeron, Marshawn. So you I, move I don't know. DeBrusque back to the left side, not on yes. his off. Jared yes. says I would do DeBrusque for Troy Terry's RFA rights and a fifth. No, 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 no. No. <laughs> uh, I like JD too much. Um, Jason says, would you do DeBrusque for Nylander? Yes. <laughs> we, would have to give up, we would have to give up way more. You'd have to add a pick or, or like Lysel or Lori in that. A high pick. And Dob yeah. points out JVR can move to the right. Yeah. yeah it's so July. To know. go back to go back to that DeBrusque, <laughs> to go back to that DeBrus for Nylander, there's no way that we'd have to add, like you said, Mikey, I'd say probably Mulry, uh probably Lysel. Yeah. Would, yeah. If it but if it's J D and Lysel for Nylander and you have control and you can sign him for like eight years, 
Yeah, but what is he going to ask for? Is he going to ask for ten plus? That's the thing. And you're going to have you're going to have two two wingers at ten plus mil. I was going to say we've seen that recipe doesn't pan out too well. Right, Davis. Davis. Then you're the Leafs, and then you have that cap problem. You you can't do that. That's not worth it. Sort of because you have thirty million dollars as of right now on your cap next year. But that would bump you down to twenty. Right. Oh my god, I hate when my light goes out. <laughs> god damn it. Get a new bulb. He lost his idea. For, for me though, I'm not spending that money on a on a winger again. Like I'm right. putting that money into a one C, a legitimate one C. That's where I'm putting that money. But if you that's have, where at least I'm starting off. Here's my counter to that though. If you have Pasternak and Nylander as your one two punch on the wing, do you need that one that first of all? How much are you budgeting for that one C? Uh, at least ten. Have, yeah, I'd say at least ten. So that's half of what you have left. You still have ten million dollars. And by the right. way, you still have a bunch of young kids coming up through the system. Right. Guys like, you know, McLaughlin are going to be a year closer. Uh, Harrison's a year closer. Poitras a year closer. Like all these guys that you already have in your system right now that we're excited to look forward to are a year more seasoned and maybe closer to pushing for an NHL roster spot. So would you rather have the opportunity to put Pasternak and Nylander and have one of them have a, let's say picking a name, Brett Harrison is the center or would you rather budget the $10 million, go out and spend it, and then in three years have a $10 million center, have a John Tavares, we'll put it, who you can't get rid of, and now you have to deal off a Brett Harrison because there's no room for him in the organization? Oh, that's yeah, a tough I mean, question. It's a lot of, like, hypothetical. Like, I guess I'd have to see what the development of these centers look like after this year. Um, like if we're talking that Patois is going to be NHL ready next year, I might consider the Nylander move, but mm-hmm. if we're sitting here again next year and neither, none of them are ready yet again, then yes, I think you have to absolutely go out and grab yourself a solidified one center. Now, when you say like, they're not ready, here's my question to you. What if they are next year where Laura is right now? Is he ready? Maybe. See, and I'm, I'm glad you brought this up because from watching in development camp, Lowry is NHL ready in my mind. There's no doubt in my mind that he, he can step in. And if you paired him with a, with a player like Brandon Carlo, who's a stay-at-home defenseman, and let Lowry play his game, the game that got him to this point, I think that he could be really successful in the NHL. Davis, I agree. I I I am 75% there with wanting Lori to be in the lineup next year. Who's going to be your like 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 why not? Who are you going to play instead? If he's ready, then like you were there. You were at dev camp. You got to saw firsthand or I'm sorry, you got to see firsthand his game and how he was, you know, stacked up against the competition at dev camp. And like you said, you think he's NHL ready. I don't think there's anybody else in the chat in the stream right now that has a better perspective than you do. You were there. You saw with your own two eyes, you have a good eye for talent. If you think he's ready, I, I can't disagree with you. 
<clears throat> we talked about it. You know, obviously, Chris, you were there too. The first, however, before Friday, it's all edge work. It, it's really hard to evaluate talent based on edge work, one-on-one. What really stood out to me was the scrimmage. He yep. was two and three steps ahead of everyone. He was single-handedly breaking the puck out of the zone by himself. He was jumping in on the play offensively. And like I said, he was a sound defensive defenseman as well. Like his all-around game was just better than everyone there. Mark points out Dev, Dev Camp and regular season action is totally I un- I under I understand that hundred percent. But with that being said, you have to like at some point you're gonna have to put him in. You're gonna have to throw him into the fire. Like Okay. The same thing with McAvoy. I want, I want to hear Mike's point, and then I, I there's a comment from Jason that I want to pull up to come back to the Nylander point, and how much would you pay for Nylander? But I want to hear Mike's point first. Yeah. So, Sorry, Mike. To, no, 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 no. You're good. But to Mark's point, what if Lorai comes in during the preseason and he plays the same way? How do you not keep him there? How do you not? Like, we've always talked about this team infusing young talent into the lineup. And Montgomery is the perfect coach for it. Why would you not use that as an advantage for at least maybe the first month? Tom has your answer. You can't base a player's readiness on Dev Camp. He's going against his peers. You won't know till regular camp. And I think to your point, though, Mike, let's see him in regular camp before we make a decision. Yes. And and if he can play the same way during the preseason – Roll that into the regular season, at least for the first 10 to 15 games. Roll him and see how he plays. If he fits in, keep him. If he doesn't, then at least you know he needs a little more work. Send him down to Providence and let him round out his game. But if he's ready, play him. Here's my counter to you on that, Mike. Okay. Great. He's waiver exempt. Someone else is not. Do you risk losing someone else for nothing? so that you can keep Mason Lorai on your roster because he might not be ready? Or do you send him down, make sure he's ready, and keep someone who won't clear waivers? Who would that somebody be? Uh, could be Grizzly, could be Zboril, could be Walsh. Could Grizzly's be... going to be paired with McAvoy. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm yeah. literally naming anybody that's yeah. not Carlo Lindholm or McAvoy. I'd be um, fine with that. I would risk it. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I'd be fine with that. And maybe, I like maybe me and start him in maybe, Providence and work his way up. See, You'll but get an how, idea of how much work he needs based on camp. But I, in my opinion, I think the NHL, the way that it used to be, is is that that was the philosophy. Start these guys who are younger, who have a high ceiling in the AHL, and let them work their way up. But I think that the the league, I I think that I think that the league is changing, and the way that everything is is changing. You don't need that much time in the AHL with a guy like Lowry. With a guy like Lowry, I think he's ready, and I think you put him in that spot and you let him go. With a guy like Lysel. That's different. He needs work. He needs to get stronger. He needs to get his body physically bigger in order to maintain the durability needed for an NHL season. And Don, Laura, I think the, the other indirect point that that I was kind of circling around too, 
uh, they don't have the cap space to be giving out tryouts during the regular season, not just the roster spots, but it's the cap space. So you have to weigh all of that. I didn't think about that. That's a good point. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> um, but I, I wanted to pull up this question. We were Jason posted this when we were talking about Nylander. All right. And I asked you guys the question, would you rather have, how would you feel about Pasternak Nylander at whatever it is, 11 and 10.5 on the right side? Jason's no. question is, is there going to be a 1C available because they don't hit free agency often? Now, let me ask you yes. this. All right. I want to list off a list of players and tell me, would you rather pay them 10 million or William Nylander 10 million? Okay. Uh, Austin Matthews is not going to hit free agency, but yes, uh, he is probably the one exception. Um, I, I would say these top two names, Austin Matthews and Sebastian Ajo, aren't hitting unrestricted free agency. They're just not going to. Beyond that, you have Elias Pettersson, who's going to be an RFA from Vancouver. So if you give him a $10 million contract, you're now giving up more first-round picks or you're trading for him. So I would rather have Pettersson. The question is, would you rather give up what it's going to take to get him? Because he's a restricted free agent. So at 10 million, his qualifying offer is going to be approaching 8.5, which means you're giving up at least three first round picks, assuming you have them. So I'm looking at the list right now. Like you said, Matthews, he's going to be signed. He's not going to hit the free agent market, most likely. And Abby points out Pedersen is likely Vancouver's next captain. I don't see them parting ways with him. Yeah. Not to not to be that guy. I think it's Quinn Hughes. But when Hughes is another option for him, for sure. Um, I, 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 I like that option as well. Patterson, though, is a part of that core. For it's sure. Patterson and Hughes. Uh, and Hughes, yeah. Do you guys? I give Ajo 10.52, but he won't leave Carolina. I would as well. What about Stamkos? If Tampa can't resign him, what about Stamkos? We're Take assuming Bergeron it. We're assuming Bergeron is gone too, right? I yeah, I think no matter what, this season is his last year. No matter what, I don't, I don't bring in Stamkos. Really, the problem is they're going to have enough room to bring Stamkos back. He he's not leaving Tampa. He's Tampa yeah. through. He okay. is their Bergeron. Okay, yeah. then how about this? A guy that they've been linked to during this off season, Mark Shifley. I wouldn't pay him ten million bucks. Not ten mil, but what if I would rather I would nine? rather pay William Nylander ten mil than have um, Mark Shifley on my team because Nylander can drive a line. He's proven he can play in the playoffs. But your need is the center position, though. Not necessarily with if, with Bergeron retiring. If you have guys who can score on your wing, you can have B level talent and be okay down the middle. As long as they can win faceoffs, they don't fuck things up, and they can play somewhat de- respectively defensively. No one's going to be Bergeron. They're not. We're where, not asking for Selkie winners here. Where have you seen that be effective, though? Not That's having what I'm B, saying. having B level talent down the middle. Where have because you, I'm saying hard pass on Shifley. But but your entire team, and 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 this may just be different philosophies between all of us, which is fair. That it's just, it's just the way we think. I think your team, the backbone of your team is your center depth. I think everything right now runs through the middle. Right now they're building it so the backbone of their team 
is the defense. Yes, yes, for sure. Right? And 100%. You, Chris, we're asking, where did we see this work? We saw this work on Nashville's run to the cup. All right. They stacked themselves on defense. They had out of out out of this world goaltending from Pecorine. All right. And then their wings were really good. They had a couple high talented goal scorers on the front end. And they were able to compete. Did it get them a cup? No, but it kept them in contention for one. But and that's what you're looking for. Especially was- if you can do that. One of the biggest things that Nashville didn't do was cycle in their young talent. Right. But you also saw how quickly they dropped off. I, I'm I'm not advocating for Trent Frederick to be a one C. Okay? No, nobody <laughs> is. Nobody is. And, 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 and to his point, you have to have competent ones. I'm not saying you go out and get league men guys for your for your center role. All I'm saying is is you don't have to pay Nathan McKinnon money. Right. Right. Agreed. Agreed. hundred percent. Jason brings up an interesting name, uh, Lindholm. Elias Lindholm. I'm I know so he's been fifty. I wouldn't be paying him 10 mil. No, absolutely not. I think he'd be significantly less than 10 mil, but he's an interesting name that could potentially be cheaper and a good one C. Can I be honest with you? You want to sign a 30 year old to a seven year deal. No. And can I be honest with you? I think. No, please lie to us. (laughs) I I think on a Stanley cup competing team, Elias Lindholm is your two C. I don't think on an elite team, he's a one C. He can be though. He can be, but he's not consistent. That's with a player like Foster or Martian, I think he could be. He See, could be. Jared throws another name players. out there. Call Seattle on Shane Wright. The problem is, is you don't have what it's going to take to get him. No thanks. Not unless he really becomes disgruntled out there. He would have <laughs> to get the Mike Riley levels of pissed off to want to get out of there. <laughs> like. Uh, no, I would not classify Shane Wright as a 200-foot center close in play to Bergeron. Not yet. Uh, he's good. He's very good. He's got some offensive upside, but I, there's plenty of other guys who can out, out-duel him on the defensive end. I'm sure of it. Yeah, I think he's al- is one of them. Yeah. I, I think he's already pissed off in Seattle. You think so? I think, I think so. I think he's I think already it- pissed. Like, again, I, I don't know the dude, and I don't know. He just seems like disgruntled, period. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't know, man. Just, off. <laughs> I remember just watching the draft, and I, I remember he claimed that it didn't mean anything, and he wasn't staring down Montreal. But, like, come on, man. Like, it, he it seems... just – I remember stuff like that. And it's like, just – he just I, – I don't know if I'd want the Bruins to – I know they're going to have to give up a boatload to get him if they were going to do it. I just not 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 for me. He seems to have a giant ego for somebody who hasn't done a single thing in the league that actually matters. And listen, Shane Wright had as much hype as Connor Bedard did. Right. If you remember prior to Shane Wright getting drafted, he was the clear cut number one pick. There was no one else that was gonna go ahead of him and he I dropped got- four. I gotta say, Jared, I disagree with you. He says he did. They did him dirty last year. They played him bottom six minutes and scratched him, and then sent him to the AHL on a conditioning stint, then back to juniors. Problem is, is a guy like Shane Wright should have taken the opportunity by the balls and said, "I'm a fucking NHL player," and he yes. didn't. 
he did not kick out. He couldn't beat out Connor Geeky. Right. Like I'm, I'm sorry. I love the signing for Boston, but Shane Wright couldn't out beat out Connor Geeky for a roster spot. Morgan Geeky. Morgan, Morgan Geeky. Geeky. Whatever. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> yeah. But um, no sec. That's to my point of him having that ego where he thinks he just he's already earned it. Like, no, dude, you just got here. Like, you need to earn that spot. If other guys are working harder than you, then screw you. We're going to give that spot to the guys working harder than you. You haven't earned a single thing. And I think that's messing with his mind a little bit because I think with all the hype he had coming into the draft, he already thought that he had that spot cemented down. Like, no, no, that's not how it works, buddy. You have to earn it. And I don't think he's... What he, I'm sorry, what he's shown so far hasn't even sniffed the level of earning a spot like that. And Jared says, we know he has attitude. That's his downside. That's the whole point, Jared. Right. You can't have that attitude. Overpay for a guy that's like that. Attitude is everything. Nobody's going to want to be around you if you have a shitty attitude or if you think you're the best. Nobody's going to want to be around you. Mark <laughs> always think the world owes them something instead of going out and getting it. Yeah. But as but, a number one pick, that's exactly what it was. But 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 we're all on the same page on that, right? He has yeah. that attitude of being just like an egotistical, I think I own this, like this is my spot, this is my team, blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. Listen, it's, it's black and white for me. You don't go from being the clear-cut number one pick for two to three years and all of a sudden come hit draft year, you drop to four. There's something that these teams saw. There's something oh, yeah. that they like a hundred percent. There's there's something there. There's something to be said about his attitude. But, and it's it wasn't his game. The dude put up unreal points. To to Dom's point though, he he wasn't as hyped as Bedard, but because he was never considered a generational talent. But he was very much hyped as the number one clear consensus yes, number one overall pick for at least. I'd say probably a good 13 or 14 months before the draft. That's what I was going to say. He that's might, my, that's uh, what I was saying. Yeah. Like the, the hype, like Davis, like what you were saying, like you weren't saying that he had the same hype around his talent that Bedard did, but the yeah, hype no, around him being the number one pick consensus exactly. was the same. Exactly. Yeah. yeah okay. Yes. Was, Obviously the, um, Let's see. But didn't everyone say that Lysel had character issues when the Boston Bruins drafted him? Oh. Shane Wright can be good. You're desperate. You've got nothing. You're first of all, you're not that desperate. You're right. not. You're just you're really patient because you have young centers in your system who are a couple years away. You don't want to go out and crush your ability to compete five, six, seven years down the road just because you want to compete in two years. Right. And also, did did Lysel have character issues? I don't remember that. I feel like I remember hearing some people were questioning it, and that's part of why he fell. But it wasn't an egregious type of thing, right? You know, it it wasn't oh he's undraftable because of this. It was just if we like someone better, we're favoring them because we're not sure. Okay. Or if we like someone on equal ground, if we will. Mark says we should make these. Uh, we should make these streams invite only. What do you mean? What do you, what we, do you, mean? you know what, Mark? We can do some streams that are um, Black and Gold Productions Patreon members eligible only. 
we can do that. So, <laughs> Mark, I talk too much. No, Dom, I would make the counter argument. You don't talk enough. Agreed. <laughs> but uh, Abby has a good question, though, and, and I did want to circle back to it. How much pressure do you think is on Connor Bedard this year? I'm gonna. I'm not gonna lie to you. I think Fantilli could win the um, the Calder. He's surrounded by better talent. I don't think either of them win the Calder. Who do you think wins the Calder? I think Devin Levi wins the Calder. Devin Levi. Interesting. Oh, I didn't even think of that, Davis. That's a freaking great point. Devin That's Levi great... is my favorite, too. Especially, hey, especially me being a Buffalo guy. How did I not see that? Mom, yeah. <laughs> Devin, yeah, Devin yeah. Levi is pick. my favorite right now as well. As Damn. a Damn, he's also going to stand out the most because Chicago's still going to suck. You right. know, they're, they're yeah. still going to be on the suck side. So when, <laughs> when it comes to her question, how much pressure is on Bedard? I think Chicago is doing a great job of minimizing it mm. because yeah. think about this. He's going to come out and one of two things is going to happen. He, or one of three things. He's going to come out and be a, a point-per-game player, and you're going to have Nick Felino and Corey Perry and Taylor Hall and veterans like that around him to be like, kid, calm down. It's not going to last. It's a long season. We're four games in. You've got four points. Congratulations. Deflate the balloon a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also going to work in reverse. He comes out and he goes oh for his first 10 games, doesn't get a point. They're going to sit there and be like, dude, you're fucking 18. You're playing in the National Hockey League. You've got the talent. You're you're hitting posts. Like you're doing all the right things. If you have just those three guys sitting at you in the locker room, going, "You're doing all the right things," your confidence level is going to be okay. Agreed. Yeah, I I agree. I I don't think there's going to be with how bad with how bad Chicago was last year. Honestly, I think they're just going to be happy to be relevant again. Not that they're going to be relevant record wise, but to have a talent, the last time they drafted a, a player of that magnitude that high was Patrick Kane, and I think they're they're just happy that you know the rebuild is going to be a process, and I I don't think that that kid in watching his interviews, I don't think he's going to have any pressure on him. Yeah, so, I agree. Dom Bomb dropped. The next Bruins finals for the Calder is going to be Matt Poitras. Yeah, what do you guys slides think? into that? He slides into a top six center role. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Whenever he's going to have the, he'll have the talent around him. Um, I mean, instantly he's going to be playing with a DeBrusque, a pasta, a Marsh, like Azaka. Yeah. yeah Azaka. Now, Jason's that. got a question. Who a is going to be the annual veteran PTO this year? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. That's a good question, though. <laughs> Stephen Camper. <laughs> that made me. That made me laugh. <laughs> there um, won't. There won't be one. All of their PTOs, are quote unquote, heavy on the air quotes here, are guys that they can send down to Providence. I would have guessed maybe like Shattenkirk, but he's already signed. So no, no sick. No, he's gonna. He'll he'll sign somewhere. Yeah. See, no, no sick is the kind of guy that's being affected by Eric Carlson. Yeah. Like. You know, you know what I mean? Like he screams Pittsburgh to me right now. No sick. Yes. I could see that. 
But why would they go out and finalize that contract if they have a chance to still go get Carlson first? Right. Right. Interesting. Oh, Mark. I was so right about the defenseman we got last season. Mike fought me on it so hard. I'm pretty sure he's talking about Anton Strahlman. Yuck. Mr. Penny's in a bunch overseas now because Bruins lied to him. Wait, 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 wait. What did I say about Strawman? Because I don't even remember. <laughs> See if we can go back and find that game footage. We're going to I... go back and find the footage. Was I yeah. high on Strawman? There's no way. Was I really high on Strawman? Yeah, you had him I, win the I... Norris. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Time out, though. Mark, I did say Lucic was coming back. You got to give me that. You got to give me that. He's going to give you a good fuck off. Yeah, he is. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I mean, what do you guys think? You, where do you think things went? Uh, I guess we'll say awry with Anton Strawman. Do you think he just had too high of an expectation for what he could bring to the team? I think so. Yeah, I he probably so. thought he was a defenseman that was going to be in the lineup every single night, and yep. he wasn't. And There's then he was not like one a- defenseman in the Bruins lineup that I would would have rather Anton Strawman play ahead of. There's no none of them. I think he played like two games, and I think he was on minus four or five against Ottawa. And then that was the last time we ever saw him. (laughs) I mean, and remember the Bruins have a loaded back end. Like again, it's it's not nothing against Strawman, but there was no spot for him. Right. Who were you taking out? I mean, Zboril couldn't crack in and you wanted him. Right. I was going to say, I'd rather have Zboril over Strawman anyways. And, And Jared has a point. I think the Bruins thought he could be in Clifton's place, but Clifton had a great year. I think, I think that's some of it. I think I think they brought Strawman in to push younger guys like Clifton and Zaboral to be better, and I think it worked perfectly. I think that's what the plan was. I think Jared spot on with that, and I think Clifton saw yeah. that, and he just he just took he took it personally. I would argue did too. Right. Is even though he didn't play very much, he played okay coming back from a massive knee injury. Right. Right. I, I think Zboril is one of the more, more interesting names to watch this coming season, let alone training camp. Um, you know, and, and, and he's also someone that you could put in a package and, and deal away. Yeah, especially with Lowride coming up. Like, again, no one's saying that Lowride's going to make this team night one, but he's definitely going to push Zboril. I mean, like, Zboril – like you said, Chris, could very well be part of a package deal to, to bring someone else in. I mean, <laughs> maybe maybe send them elsewhere to give them another chance elsewhere, and who knows? I mean, yeah, and that's that's where we can sit here and play the, the game, with, you know, crack out the PS5, as Mark would say, and let's see where does he fit, who could we get back, and all that other stuff. But, you know, first and foremost, I mean, here's my question. If Zboril proves that he can play top four minutes, because he was doing that before his knee injury, and you can go Zboril, McAvoy, Lindholm, Carlo, Lorai, Shattenkirk, or let's let's throw another wrinkle to, to Chris's co- commentary before. You go Zboril, McAvoy, Lorai, Carlo, Lindholm, Shattenkirk. How are you feeling yeah. about that defensive core? Phenomenal. I love, yeah, especially for the future. I mean, that's unreal. Yeah. I, I, and that's, I know this is all hypothetical. This is if 
Saboro returns the top four pair. Forward. That's what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. Right. Now, then, yeah, I feel great about that. But you also but, have Grizzlick, who I guess Grizzlick becomes expendable at that point. Yeah. And or he's your seventh defenseman, which is where you ideally have him. Yeah. And you also still have Allmark and Swayman in the net, too. So it's looking good. Yeah. Uh, Matt says it would be pointless now to trade Zboril as he has nothing of trade value. I would disagree on that. Uh, I think I lean more towards Matt. I I think right now he has more value to you on your team. Yes. And he does being traded. But that doesn't mean he has zero trade value. Let's also not forget the landscape that a lot of teams are in when it comes to being up against the cap. If he's your, if he's on your bottom pair as a third pairing defenseman and he's costing you $1.1 million, you're in a pretty good spot. That's a valuable piece on the market right now. Uh, Shooter McGavin saying Sporo good when he had a shot. He just got hurt, and we had crazy depth. Yeah. Uh, People forget how good he was playing before he got hurt. Tampa Bay put Shattenkirk to second pair. Yeah, but he's not the same guy. He just spent four years in Anaheim after that. (laughs) Anaheim kills people. (laughs) Carlo on third pair is questionable. Again, I think you're looking at it wrong if you're going first, second, third pair. I think you're looking at it at what you should do is you should look at it as our 20 minutes, 20 minutes, and 20 minutes. Can this pair give us 20 minutes? Can this pair give us 20 minutes? And can this pair give us 20 minutes? And I think the answer to that, for the most part, if you're going to have McAvoy, Lindholm, and Carlo separated, is yes. Yeah. You know, because you're going to sprinkle a guy like, um, you know, Zboro on the penalty kill but you would put McAvoy on the power play. You could use him on the penalty kill too. Like it, there's just, you know, uh, let's see. Mark says Grizz, McAvoy, Lindholm, Carlo, Shattenkirk's Borrell slash Floorboard. I'm okay with that. That's a good D pair. That's a good yeah. decor. That's I'm a okay good that. decor. And Dom says, I watched every second of Borrell at the world championships. He was the, he was the Czech's best defenseman. If we get 90% of that, I will be happy. I don't think enough people have watched what Zaboro could do over at World Championships. I haven't gone back and watched it myself, but I can tell you this. If Dom is speaking this highly of him, I think he's healthy again. And I remember what we saw when he was healthy. We saw a huge jump in Nick Foligno from year one to year two. Yep. And the biggest difference was his health. It's what we were looking to see about David Backus. And it, his health went the wrong way. It happens. But with with uh, Felino, it went the right way. And I think with Zboril, it's going the right way again. Uh, Jason says, punt Forbort to the moon. He really likes the moon for Forbort. Uh, <laughs> realistically, how much worse off would Boston have been last year if they played him over Forbort and let him develop so you know what you have in him? Uh, Forbort was a known commodity, though. He was. He was very valuable during the season. He was coming up a solid season. Yeah. And Uh, and throwing Borrell in in the playoff mix that way, I would not have felt comfortable doing it. No. Especially playing a team like Florida, you don't play – you don't throw Zaboral into a (laughs) – I would have hoped that Forbort could have matched him physically. 
Now, now, Davis, you say playing Zaboral against a team like Florida in the playoffs. Does that concern you with the future with with his, you know, his um, reliability in the playoffs? Well, we haven't seen anything in the playoffs from him. Right, right. But like you were saying, though, like you, you wouldn't trust him, though, against Florida. I wouldn't have last year. I wouldn't have last year. I'm not saying moving forward that I wouldn't. I mean, obviously, I'd want to see him get more reps at the NHL level and play on a consistent basis. Yeah, I'd have no problem with him playing in the playoffs. But talking about last year with the season that Forbert had and how solid he was on, you know, penalty kill, uh, there was no way, there was no scenario where I'd rather have Zaboral in for Forbert. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I think also if you get some playing time in the regular season out of Zaboral, you feel a lot more comfortable about playing him in the playoffs. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yes, yes. Now John says if Bergeron doesn't come back, we are screwed at center. For now. If Bergeron doesn't come back, do you think Sweeney makes a look to make another move? I don't think right away. I don't think right away either. Yeah, but, like I don't think he's going to be scrambling night one, like before night one to bring in a 1C. Like no. I think if the opportunity presents itself and as we get closer to like the deadline and I, I wouldn't rule it out. I mean, there's going to be a lot of teams – uh, next year, I would be calling the Central. That's what I would be looking at because you look at the Western Conference again. We're we're talking how our team is going to finish, but you know the Pacific, Vegas, L.A., Edmonton are going to be battling the shit out of each other. Yep. And then in in the Central, yeah, you'll have Colorado, Dallas. You'll have what Nashville, Minnesota, Winnipeg, like some of those teams are going to be out of it, you know, and, and Nashville, as an example, if they're out of it, they've got some unrestricted free agents that are coming up and, and maybe you can pull again, you're, you're not going to make an earth shattering move. You don't have the pieces, but maybe you can go out and get a guy like a Yakov Trenin. You know what I mean? Like someone like that, who they may not have plans for in the long term. you know what I mean? And, and just add to your depth give extra repetitions to someone who naturally plays center. That's the big thing is, is uh, would you guys trust Saka as a one C to start the season with Pasternak and uh, Marsha and shore, but then what's your second line look like Debrusque and JVR with coil? Probably. I'm not thrilled by it, but like, it's not that I don't trust him. I don't like it, but it's not that I wouldn't trust him. Like I don't, like obviously, I trust him in that position. Like I, I don't and think he's a bad player. We saw last year; he's a good, he's a good centerman. Yeah. I just wouldn't love him being a one C and Coyle being a two C. I don't got a think couple, that's what. The, oh. We just got a couple of comments that I just want to throw in from our Zboro conversation, Jared. If you get Zboro like he was playing prior to his ACL tear, we're in a good place. Matt with a question: Do you see Zboro starting over Forbort in the opening game? Uh, it, it could be an option. I mean, I think, it, yeah, I, I think it was pretty, you know, out in the open that the Bruins were trying to move forward or at least thought of it as a realistic option. This year is going to be different than last year. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of youth and Zaboral is going to be a big part of that, especially if he's healthy, if he's coming in fully healthy and that knee is fully rehabilitated. I don't see why not. I mean, you're not going to go for 
how many wins did they have last year? 65? 65. Yeah, you're not going to go for 65 wins again this year. Um, yeah, I I think I'd like to see um, more Zavoral, honestly. Um, oh, yeah. You know, even, even looking at this year, like, yes, if Bergeron comes back, the time is coming where this team is going to be going into either a rebuild <laughs> or a retool. Um, I'd like to see more out of Zavoral. Um, I think it's time. You know, I think this is the year we figure out if, if if he's got it or if he doesn't, I think this is going to be a really telling year. Yes, I agree. Saying that Bergeron was seen working out at Warrior, which we were talking about before. He is also saying that you are handsome, Chris. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a good-looking panel. Long note about the Ukrainian goalie invited to camp. He is signed to play in the BCHL next season, but Green Bay picked him up in the USHL because the BCHL broke away from Hockey Canada. Uh, the transfer to USHL becomes easier. USA Hockey and IIHF agreed to not count Ukrainian players as imports again. So it's now up to Gleb. Gleb? Is that how it's pronounced? I'm not sure what Gleb means. I, I think it means it's up to the goal, the, the player. I think that's we're going to go with Gleb. Name starts off. Gleb. We'll go with Gleb. Gleb. Sounds right. <laughs> Sounds legit. A lot of love for Davis over here. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Oh boy, another fan fanboy <laughs> over here. Wait, Bergeron was seen working out. I'm pretty sure Dom's the one who cracked that. Yes, uh, would love to was. see the Bruins swing at Thomas no- Novak in Nashville if Bergeron retires. Thomas Novak. Yeah. He's so he's underrated. He, he's he's, a, he's underrated, a good but he's not wait, wait. on the same. I mean, one. he doesn't solve the one C, two C role, but He's, he's a center. A, I mean, he's a good player. Yeah, he's a center. He's a good like he's a good player. Yeah, and he's only he's got an 800k cap hit. So uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think he necessarily is better than Coyle or Zaka, but he's solid nonetheless. Abby has a good question, and, and and this would affect possible trade targets. Do you think Pittsburgh gets back into the playoffs this year? No. No. My question is, do they get Eric Carlson? If they get Carlson, that's a different conversation. But um, the way what does their cap out, situation no. look like? It's tight. I, it's, it's so. Tight. So I, what are you? What are you moving then to to bring him in? Like um, you're going to have to move a significant piece, and does that put you over in an already loaded they're, division? They're you actually two point three over already. You can. They're not. They're screwed. Um. Look at their division. Like, we were just talking about Columbus. I think Columbus is better than Pitt. Yeah, I mean, they're Columbus, an easy yeah. team. I, uh, they're goaltending. I don't know. I, I can't. Says, hopefully, if Sweeney looks for a, a 1C or for a center, I hope it's not the Peugeot rumor that we're hearing about. We've got enough middle six centers. I and hope so, no. too. Oh, my God. No, 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 no. no. And uh, I was actually just talking to Brett about this. The only way I entertain that is if we're tossing in a significant draft pick or a player like Oliver Wallstrom. At that point, I entertain it because if you're getting a Pajot, you're getting an Oliver Wallstrom, and you're getting, a, a say, a third or a second, maybe. I mean, that would make it definitely more appealing. But straight up, Pajot for DeBrus, no thanks. Okay, Jay, Jay, Jerry, we, we got to pump the brakes on this one. <laughs> he says, speaking of Pittsburgh, get Jake Gensel in free agency and drop DeBrusque. I'd rather have JD. 
Gensel's going to get a bag too. Yep, that's why. I'd rather have JD. Dom says Pittsburgh gets to gets into <laughs> the golf golf playoffs. <laughs> uh, Jared says uh, Novak can be a can be a two C. I was thinking put Zuck at one C for now. I don't yeah, I don't see Novak as a two C though. Yeah, but I want I would I would rather Coil as the two C at that point. Like I wouldn't want Zaka getting more ice, which hypothetically he would be getting as on that second line because I, I would rather Coil than Novak at that point. I, yeah, I would too. Yeah, and let I mean Novak is good. He's young. I do like. Yeah, I like Novak. In Fifty-one games last year. I get it, but here's my question: If you're Nashville, why are you parting ways with him? Yeah, I, I mean, unless he's a free agent. I mean, I'd, he's a I free know. agent after next season, but you still need your own players if you're Nashville. And if he's 800 yeah, I mean, I right now, then, I mean, Nashville's poised to have $28 million in change going into next, the following season when they need to resign him. I think they can afford his pay bump. Yeah. Not to get off track, but I mean, I really liked what Nashville was doing, like, especially during the draft and then come free agency time, they made some like really questionable signings. Just okay. the, the you go. No, I, I just wanted to address Jared's question here. Why would anyone trade anyone trades happen? Yes, the idea behind a trade though is to make your team better or to regain assets for a player who you know you're not getting back. Neither one of those fit Nashville and Novak situation right now. They just don't. So until one of those comes to head, there's no need to deal with trading him unless we overpay for the guy. And we're not in a position to overpay for him. So for now, it's a no because it doesn't make sense. Uh, Jason says, if Coyle's your 2C, do you try Frederick at 3C? <sighs> you, I mean... <sighs> You got to see what you get from them this year. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, you could, we're, but then who are, you, who are your wingers? Lauko and like McLaughlin. Now, McLaughlin. Momo, I didn't want this one to go past. Is it just a matter of time before Omar goes? No, I don't think so anymore. I think if he was going to get moved, it would have been right before the draft. Yep. Yep. I think he's here till at least the following year. He might yeah. be here till it uh, depends on how the team is, but you could see him getting moved to the deadline too. Maybe. If Maybe there's a depends, team, yeah. yeah, depending on where you are, he, he could be a deadline piece that you move. That's the thing is, and a lot of this, uh, let's see, do you think Sweeney will make a big surprise signing? If so, who? No. No. There, there's nobody worth it. And and Jared, you're talking about Novak. Coil Zaka is top nine down the middle for two years from now. Let's worry about this year first. Like, how many times do we have to say, like, these questions that you're asking, uh, Trent Frederick at 3C, what if he's not here? Right. You are very much at a position right now where he might not be here as much as he might be your 3C. Now, Dom just said, I'm not confident Frederick is a Bruin going into opening night. I just think he's going to be overpriced. We aren't there yet, but we also 
aren't not there. So let's worry about now, right? Now you have three guys that you have to worry about getting on this roster. Trent Frederick, Patrice Bergeron, and Jeremy Swayman. That's what you have to worry about right now. Worry about next year, when next year comes around. What happens if Zaka tears something and he's out for next season at the end of this year? It changes everything. Yeah, you want to have a general idea of what you're of what you want to have happen, but can we get these three guys in? Can we get to training camp first? Can we find out is Mason Lori ready for the National Hockey League? Can one of these young guys step up before we worry about I mean, fucking Georgie Merkulov could be your 2C next year. We don't fucking know. I'm not putting Trent Frederick in at center over Georgie Merkulov if I don't have to. Jesus. <laughs> like, why are we worrying about the 24-25 season right now? Am I the only one who's baffled by these questions? I mean, I... I think a lot depends on this season, obviously, for the future. So I think focusing on this year is going to have a lot. It's going to be very telling of what happens for years to come, if that makes sense. Sway is definitely priority. priority for right now. Is he or is he not your number one priority right now? Yes. Without a doubt. <laughs> yeah. My, yeah. To be honest, to be honest, he's my only priority at this point. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think, I think we can all agree. Yeah. Frederick can wait. Have you noticed that Lucic has a bit of a hunchback? I didn't notice. No. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, I'm baffled every time I wake up. I hear you. Uh, Jared, he says, isn't the whole point of these streams for viewers to ask questions or have comments? Yes. But can the comments be based off of the reality that we live in? Like, is that so much to ask? Like, would I put Trent Frederick at 3C? No, he's not on the team right now. Can we can we have the conversation about what's his value? Is he val is he overpriced at a certain point? That's the conversation we should we should be having about Trent Frederick. Not is he your 2023-24 3C a year and a half in advance. Guys, who's your 2030-2031 first line center? Bergeron's son. <laughs> I'd I'd have to check his voice. Mikey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check his points. If it's 75 or lower, don't get him. <laughs> like, like, that's my point. Like, have you, have you guys ever seen some of these drafts for the junior teams or the, the trades where they're trading like five picks for one player who's 14? Yeah. It's yeah. like, what what in the fuck are we doing? I and mean, maybe the Bruins start doing that. I'm, so, no. Jared, if you're talking about Trent Frederick as your 3C this year, no, he's not even on your team yet. Do you pay him $3 million to be your 3C? That can be a question, sure. I'm not saying that that's not a valid question. But that wasn't the conversation we were having. I've got a valid question. What is kephosis? I have no idea. He has That's got to be some, some back... Uh, disease like scoliosis, but kephosis <laughs> just means he can hit hard. If coils your two C, do you try Frederick at three C? I didn't say it was your comment, Jared. Don't take it all personal. You mean Jason? No, Jared. 
Jared said, I never said any of that about Frederick. I, I, I'm making the general point. Yeah, just a generality. If Freddie's on the team, we can have the conversation. Let's put him on the team. Is he worth $3 million to be your 3C? Max. Well, nothing Fuck more no, than baby. that. No. <laughs> no. I would, I would go 3 mil. No. Nothing more. Nothing more than 3. Uh, I mean, Jared, the only thing that... more information is when the spine goes outward, scoliosis is side to side. That's actually helpful. <laughs> I'm learning. No, something. I had no idea. I had no idea what that was at all. Yeah. No, no I didn't. I, either. But again, I'm not learning. I'm not against learning things here. That is effective this year. Now, Jared clarifying, I guess here, Jason clarifying meant this year. If Bergeron retires, do you see Frederick or Geeky at three C? Geeky. That's why you signed Geeky. Right. So and Freddie and, and what did he get? He, he, he got didn't two get mil. No da- he two. didn't get no damn three mil. Right. Two. Okay, so maybe Geeky is the replacement for Frederick because they know they're gonna lose him. I don't know. It's possible. Right. I like I like Momo's comment. Three million for Freddie, he needs twenty goals, and he's not getting that on the third line. Agree. Momo, freaking great point. Absolutely, Momo. And there are no hard feelings, Jared. My point is, is let's focus on this year. That's all. I think we've gotten, and, and some of it's on us too. Uh, some of it's on us. I'm just trying to ring us all back in. We're going into the 23-24 season. Let's focus on that before we worry about who our center is three, four, five years from now. We have some promising kids. They may not even be here themselves. So let's focus on what we got here. You can't go Three mil on Frederick. It leaves two point four for Swayman. God damn, they're in a pickle. <laughs> Actually, if you go three mil for for Frederick, you have a little less than two point four for Swayman because you don't have Bergeron yet. You gotta leave nine hundred k on the table for Patrice. Like I said, I don't even think it should be a consideration to give Frederick three million. I don't. I don't even think that should even be on the table. All right, well, then what do you like, think? Especially you think, with, with your goalie unsigned. Like, it shouldn't even be in, in question. What do you think a realistic number is then for Swayman? 1.5. I mean, I'm sorry, oh. not Swayman. Frederick. Frederick. One point for me, the, his style of play and, and realistically who he's going to be playing with, 1.5. Okay. Maybe, maybe well, the problem two. problem is that's only 450K maybe. above what he was making last year. I don't think that's enough to get him to resign. What I would two. love to do. Two. What I would look to do is I would try to get a two or a three year deal out of him so that you can spread out the AAV, but give him more in signing bonuses and cash up front. Because what's going to matter to Frederick more? Cash up front. I want money. If you can keep the cap hit somewhere in that 2.85 AAV, fine. I tap out at 2.9. Yeah, you can't. You can't go further. You can't. You can't. I guess, and I guess it's not fair. You know, I didn't see much of Morgan Geeky last year with him being in Seattle, but I'd be curious how comparable they are. You know, Geeky and Frederick. I, I, I don't know. Dom says not true about Bergeron when he signs. They'll have twenty-four players. If someone goes to Providence to open up a roster spot, and that's his money. It. Yes. My my point being though is is you got a budget for Bergeron. 
you're not just going to slap the money around to Frederick and, and Swayman and be like, okay, we're done. You got to leave a little nugget there for Bergeron. And I get that some of it will come from a guy like, um, you know, I'll go making a trip down 95 again on paper and, and those types of things, but you still have to account for it. You, you don't. One thing that we've learned from Sweeney operating with Evan gold is they don't go in with zero dollars. They'll go in with a thousand, but not zero. Uh, Frederick shouldn't be more than 2.5 in my opinion. He had a good year. No, no reason to overpay. Uh, how do you feel about geeky three C bit of untapped potential in my opinion? I love geeky. Yeah, I, I think he's going to fit into the Bruins so well. He's a perfect bottom six guy. Um, he could provide some offensive pop too every now and then. He's honestly, the more I think about it, he actually might be the replacement for Frederick. Honestly, I, I think that why might not? be the plan. Yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah, that might be well, the plan. How would, how would you guys feel about a third line of Lauko, Geeky, and Van Riemsdyk? Love it. I love it. No, like, no. do you feel like this is my question though? So substitute geeky for Frederick. For me, there's no difference. <laughs> like the money, there, the there money. is the geeky, money is the difference. But well, I also think geeky's better at playing center. Right, Frederick has not been playing center for how many? What since has he even played center in the NHL? Frederick. Frederick, and and he, why he's had a small handful of times there, but like most, I said in. Morgan Geeky is a, is a natural center. Right. That's what I'm saying. Lauko, Geeky, Van Riemsdyk. Third line. How do you feel? I like it. I like that line. So that means... Going back Dr. to the untapped And then Boquist, Coyle, DeBrusque. Ugh. I mean, I don't, I don't know much about Boquist. I mean, I know... Obviously, coming like from New Jersey, I know we've had we've had luck with giving Devils players second chances, and they and it pans out with Zaka, but and it worked, yeah. So now this you're guy, looking, I don't know. Now you're looking also at a fourth line of Lucic slash Greer on the left, mm-hmm. McLaughlin down the middle, and Steen on the right. No, I don't want Steen one way. I don't want Steen. I don't want Steen. Well, do you, well, do you put Greer? In Lucic on the same line, like obviously, I don't think it really mattered. I'd be curious. No, because you're just asking right for stupidity. Right, right, right. That's what I mean. <laughs> that's not. I don't think that's it. And then you have Steve on the right. Guys on the no. ice, you're expecting to share twelve minutes. That's a no for me. <laughs> that's a no for me, Davis. Um, let's see. Good questions coming in here. What is the top amount you'd give Swayman AAV for? That's my top. Four and a half. I mean, depending on the term, yeah. If you're getting them for three, four years, I'd go that high. If you're only getting them for one or two, I'm I'm going half that. Say three years, four mil. Three point eight. Okay. Well, it's the same. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, that's one of the going to make a difference for you. Hey, well, no, I know. I'm just giving you shit. I know. I, I know. I know. Let's see. Milan Lucic has been diagnosed with Schurman's since he was a teenager. I hope I'm not butchering that too much. It affects the vertebra. I hate the JVR move. Why? 
I like it. I don't mind it. As oh, long cool. as he's not on your second line. For that money, why not? Yeah, yeah. you just Mark, can't be on your second line. Mark says Swayman 2.5. Swayman ain't going to take 2.5. He's not going to take that. Yeah. No way. If it's a one-year deal, he might. One year, two, five. Yeah, maybe. That, that's what I think he's thinking. I mean, I mean, they all agree that it seems Krejci isn't coming back. I don't want him back. Sorry. Uh, Mark says, even oh, if Krejci he, wants to come back, the Bruins should just say we're all set, Doc. Thank you, Mark. We're on the same page on that one. Yeah, the I only agree. way I want Krejci comes back is if he comes back at the end of the year and it's no cap hit. So he No, Krejci Cre- is not – this was it. We're not any better if Krejci comes back this year. Now, before we answer this question about Swayman possibly taking a bridge deal, Shooter says Swayman is unproven. Do you guys agree with that sentiment or not? No. I don't. I, I, <sighs> shit. I don't agree with that. I do to a certain point. Um, he he. What's the most okay. amount of games he's played in a year? Like 40? Don't, we're never kicking you out. Let me like, – uh, let me. I'm going to pull up his yeah, I'm going to pull up his stat line. He's played over 40 games, I think at least this this past. No. Um I think he's played okay. it once. All right. Well, um, either way, he still has to prove a full season of work. Yeah, listen. So this Which past season I think he takes a bridge deal. Go ahead. This season he played 37 games. He started 33 games, 24 wins, six losses. He had a 9.53 save percentage, 2.27 goals against. What a man! And even looking at his, uh, what's his career games played? 88. 88. He's played a full season. He's played a full season and change. What's his career goals against average? 2.24. I listen, I, for me, he, he's not unproven. Uh, save percentage. Uh, 90.920. Okay. So, he, to Dom's point, he's played as many games as his comps when they signed their deals. So, yeah, he is not unproven. To a point. No, he's not a proven Andre Vasilevsky, Igor Shosturkin. Yeah. He's not that. He's proven that. He hasn't had a chance to prove that he is that either. He's proven he can be what he is. And that is the second half of a Jennings winning tandem. I mean, Vasilevsky's good enough. He could go win the Jennings by himself in a good year. So if you're going to pay him 10 mil... You're going to split the duties between Allmark and Swayman for 10 mil. It's a pretty good deal. It's just hard to say if he's proven or not because he's right in the middle. I don't think he's proven yet, and I don't think he's unproven. I think he's, what, three seasons into his career? Am I three or three or three. four? Three. Three? Going into his fourth? Yes. So at that point, I, I don't – I wouldn't say he's proven yet. But, but he's, he's also start, he's a starting goalie on vast majority of teams. Oh, hundred percent. He I just don't think he's unproven. He's somewhere in the middle. He hasn't played enough games in a regular season yet to to really have that. But um, again, he's not going to be able to prove that again this year. Right. Right. Exactly. Only twenty four. 
Yeah, he is 24. Yeah, he's yeah. got plenty of time. Look, I, I, I mean, my my big question on AAV is what is the term? Yeah, it, that's what, what it's going to depend and, on. And well, you got to some semblance of a bridge deal. We're seeing so many players do it. And here's my question to you: If you're Swayman, uh, first of all, you can't talk to other teams right now, so it's kind of Bruins are sick. What's going to build your value more? Take a bridge deal for a little less than you'd like right now. Go out there and show the same thing that you did last year, possibly even be better and earn more money or sit on your ass and and pout about it like Mike Riley and destroy your value and just hope that somewhere you go play somewhere better. Yeah, so to answer your question, if I'm swaying, I want a one-year deal. Like, especially with, the, especially with the cap going up. But one I also year, want a reasonable AAV to play for this one season. Like, I'm not going right. to play for no fucking $2 million. Do, do, Like, I think he, he's worth more than that, just even for this one season. Do one year, three mil. Mark says two years, 2.5, then make bank on your next year. No yeah, way. I would say one year, 3.25. Okay, I would do that. I don't if think I'm he takes it, two years, that. two and a half. No, no way you take two that's years a low, I think that's a low ball offer for him. Me too. I do too. I do too. Um, that's I, think if, I think if you throw at him one year, 2.85, 3.25, somewhere in that range, it's one year he can suck it up for a year, and he would. But then he might make you pay for it next year for sure and yeah, screw yeah. you over and go somewhere else. And that's his prerogative. Don't get me wrong. But – you got to be prepared for that, and and hopefully you are with Bussy. Right. Do we have indications that uh, Sway Wait. wants to be here? Is as excited as Milan Lucic to be here? <laughs> no, Last no. Time his exit interview. He basically said, "My my my agent will handle it." Uh first of all, nobody will ever be as excited to be a Bruin than Milan Lucic. Second, um, I thought I heard a rumor that Swayman wanted to be closer to home. I think it's just that a rumor. That was just a rumor? All Mark, right, well, then maybe he does. Mark says, relax, Swayman just got done his, his entry-level contract. Is yeah, Swayman's, but, fa- but that is Swayman's family even still in Anchorage? Or in I Alaska? don't even know. But anyway, uh, let's see. Swayman, Sway's situation also depends on Allmark. Uh, no, Allmark is here to stay. That that that's where we're at with that right now. Right, like, he's not going anywhere. I, I well, he could, but you say yeah. he's the other goalie. Um, eh, that that's not really the case though. They're both starting caliber. It, it, it's it's a matter of how are you going to work them together. And Dom puts us uh, puts this back out there. He said he put it on Twitter today, and I did see it. Uh, if Oscar Steen doesn't play 56 games this year, he becomes a group six UFA next summer. What do you do? See ya. I mean, they're going to sprinkle him into the lineup. I'm sure. Like there's no doubt about that. They do it every year. They've done it every, every he year. He could be a and, trade piece at the deadline for me. Yeah. So. Yeah. But, I, and I wouldn't mind losing him. It's kind of like whatever. Depends on what you get back. You could get a middle pick for him. Or you pick, so. Um, or or package them in with somebody else, but we are approaching the two hour mark, and um, surprisingly enough, in a, in a dog days of summer for the bees, we've got a nice long show. And Abby says injuries will happen, absolutely. Yep. So 
Um, any, I'm, I'm going to send it around the horn one final time for some final thoughts, just so we can try and keep it under the two hour mark. I, I want to thank Chris again for jumping on with us. Uh, yeah, I know it was a, uh, a little bit of a last minute decision for him, but we, we yeah. squeaked him in and, and it's been awesome. Uh, and as, as we mentioned at the beginning of the show, go and check out the drop the mitts hockey podcast that he has with Mike down below as well. Um, they have a great, great interview with Billy Jaffe that they just released in their third episode. So we're excited to see where that show goes. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll probably be doing a lot with the, uh, with the shows combining and stuff. So, uh, Momo, we appreciate the kind words. This podcast never disappoints. You can catch it again tomorrow when we release it. Uh, if, if it wasn't enough for you, but we are going to be here live every week is as much as we can. Uh, lots of great stuff coming down the pike from black and gold productions too. Uh, Mark and I had some great conversation before we recorded yesterday's black and gold hockey podcast. So, uh, we here are pumped and, um, uh, with that, I'll, I'll throw it over to you, Chris, first for, for some info on drop the mitts and, uh, final thoughts on the bees. Yeah. So like I said, Mikey and I got drop the mitts podcast. Uh, you can find us on Apple and Spotify. Um, awesome episode. I mean, awesome live stream that we had today. Um, I know we're, we're in the dog days of the summer, so it's, you know, not a whole lot of talk, but definitely happy to be with you guys and, uh, talk some bees. So thank you again. Thanks. Thanks again for jumping on Mike. You have any final thoughts here? Um, check out like, like Chris just mentioned, uh, Chris and I show, Drop the Mitts Hockey Podcast, uh, Spotify, Apple Pod, Apple Podcasts, uh, all streaming services. Um, also, the Something's Brewing Podcast. Uh, we record on Tuesday nights, drop new episodes on Wednesday mornings. Um, it's myself and my buddy Nick Melanson. Um, that also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Uh, we talk all things Bruins, you know, yada, yada, yada. But snowboarding and another <laughs> Yeah, broken wine glasses, trips to Mexico, all sorts of things in that. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, also part of the BNG network. So you can check that out on Spotify. But, I mean, yeah, dog days of summer right now. Uh, not too much going on. Draft already happened. NHL awards already happened. So now we're just kind of – you know, treading water until the off season or not till the off season. Uh, the until, off. In, yeah. Through the off season into the preseason. And um, we'll be here, you know, once a week here, Monday nights, something's brewing on Wednesday mornings and then drop the mitts on Friday slash Saturday mornings. So we, we got you guys covered throughout the off season. Um, don't forget to check out the black and gold hockey podcast, the main show on the, um, you know, BNG hockey network, Chris, I know you're a part of that show with Mark. Yeah. Um, Shout out to Mark as well on the Providence hockey report. He's going to be having that interview coming up in a couple weeks. Look for that. It's going to be with Brandon Bussey, goaltender of the Providence Bruins right now. Yeah. Um, Also, obviously the only Bruins podcast with um, Nick Busa and Brett Howard, they drop on Friday mornings. So we got you guys covered through the off season. Um, if you haven't yet, go subscribe to all our shows. Something's Bruin, Drop the Mitts, Only Bruins, Black and Gold Hockey Pod. Um, subscribe to those shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever streaming services you have. Um, as soon as you subscribe, you'll get the episodes as soon as they drop. So, yeah, we'll don't keep forget, you guys entertained. Don't the forget my, my show with Andrew Puckoff. Yes. Yes, puck off as well. Sorry, puck sorry. Off. Puck yeah, off. All of our episodes are now uploaded to to Apple Podcasts. We were finally approved. Shout out Mark for making that happen. 
Uh, Mark with a great comment here. We are working on organizing a 100th season all-time Bruins draft. Awesome. So we're going to finalize a couple things. That'll be coming out for you. Um, I know we were talking about doing a BNG uh, fantasy hockey league. So yes. there will probably be a live stream yeah, of baby. that draft coming out from, from puck <laughs> off as well. We, we awesome. got a ton of shit coming along the way. So, you know, just honestly, just subscribe to something and you'll be kept in the loop and then yeah. you'll find all the other shit that we have to offer. So, yep. but, but we can't do this without you guys, the fans. We love it. Appreciate all the comments and, and Jared, like we said, nothing personal. It's all in good fun. Yep. So, uh, we're all friends here said it was, Great fun, great show as always. I'm glad we can always put on a good show for you guys, even in these dog days. It's all about solid debate and 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 sharing opinion is yeah. what it comes down to. So thank you guys for coming on again. Go ahead, Mike. I was going to say, and the, and the sharing opinions thing, nobody's opinion is ever disrespected. We take everything, you know, everybody has their own thoughts on everything. We we just so happen to be hosting the show. So we just kind of build on live that. React. But yeah. Live <laughs> reaction. Everybody's an opinion is an opinion. Doesn't mean it's right. Doesn't mean it's wrong. It's all an but opinion. But this one's so. always right. <laughs> yeah. This <laughs> one is always correct. Yep. But um, yeah, never any disrespect, never any, you know, no, we're not, we're never going to put anybody down for anything that they think we're just going to discuss it. And it's awesome. Not, so. not in a real way. We, we made jokingly. Yes. Right. Things, but it is all, <laughs> right. It is all kind-hearted and uh, unjust if, uh, you know, if, if it's an unexpected reaction, I'll, I'll put it that way. <laughs> right. Yes. So, uh, but again, thank you all for, for joining us. Again, we'll be here next week, 7 o'clock Monday. Another episode brought to you by FanDuel. Again, go to FanDuel.com slash Boston to claim your welcome bonuses. Right now, it's a, a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. They reimburse that up to a thousand dollars in a in a, basically a money free money that allows you to bet again. You can't cash it out, but you can bet with it. So fucking take advantage of it. Get used to the app before hockey season comes around. And I know we'll have a lot more talk about some of the long shots, the the awards. Those odds are all getting ready to come out, and for the most part, they have some of them already. So go check it out. And uh, with that, fuck the Leafs. Fuck the leaves. Fuck the leaves. Oh, bees. <laughs> <laughs>